Good morning on this July 26, 2023, Wednesday edition of Mornings with Box 2 Radio. Welcome to the family that's joining in this morning. What a beautiful day that the Lord has made. We've got a great couple hours this morning that we're going to spend together and share time together in the presence of the Lord with the family. If you got questions, if you have dialogue, if you have anything you want us to cover today, please don't hesitate to text me at 270-230-6337. Again, that's 270-230-6337. We got us with us this morning. Uh, Brother Jacob Swift's in the house on a Wednesday. How are you doing, Brother Jacob? I'm doing pretty good. And then he brought Smelly with him. Uh, I mean, Briley, I'm sorry. Uh, she's with him this morning. She's going to be uh, <laughs> observing. Uh, it's, a, it's a it's an inside joke. Um, she'll probably be the closest thing I ever had to a niece. So, um, you know, I just, <laughs> I got to hound her. And so she knows I love her tremendously. <laughs> um, even if I always do that one joke, life's tough, get a helmet. Kind of deal if anybody ever seen that, then you know what I'm talking about. But uh, maybe we can get Briley to say something before the end of the broadcast. I think we can. In Jesus' name. Amen. But Jacob, did you all have a good vacation? We did, but um, we kind of got uh, hammered by that smoke that came into um, Gatlinburg. I don't know if that's a proper thing to say in a Christian station, Jacob. Well, I don't know. It's, it it's that it, toxic smoke, right? It's that smoke from what they, you know, I guess it, it seemed more dense up yeah. in the mountains, I guess because we were farther up. Um, but it, everybody kind of got their sinuses all messed up and we all were kind of sickly. Yep. So we came back a little early cause it, it just wasn't very fun at all when everybody's sniffing and can't do nothing and not feeling well. Yeah. Those, those fires are, um, I don't know. I haven't really kept up with it. Are they still, are they still burning? I have no idea. I mean, it's the, the news cycles go from one extreme to another all the time. I don't, so. I haven't kept up with it all. And so I didn't know. Um, and I know there's a lot of theories around that and all that surrounding that. So, uh, uh, I'm not giving legs to that this morning by no <laughs> means. Uh, that's what I was saying. I don't know if that's proper because, um, a lot of people's going to instantly go to the, all the theories out on that smoke and that toxic smoke. And so, um, we deal in truth. All, all I can say is it's, I don't like it. It's, it's horrible. It's like. It just makes everything worse through the day. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of weeks ago here that it was really bad, and um, Stoy himself got really sick, and so yeah. um, it is. You you can see it at times, and um, I just think it's you know it's just odd. I've never seen it before. This is the first year I've ever seen it. I mean, well, do you remember um, there was some wildfires that was. I forgot where it was at, but I remember sensing some of that haziness and stuff like that. Maybe, maybe I guess more. It's so. probably more extreme from the. But if yeah. I if I if I'm right, and again I'm really out of the news most of the time, um, the Canadian wildfires they're huge. Like the pictures I've seen, yeah. supposedly like of what's burning or not, like yeah. it's huge. It's, I just don't. I, I I'm sitting there thinking, man, you know, Canada, come on now. I mean, I could see. Other places, but oh, you Canada know. has tons of forest. Yeah, I know. I'm just I think thinking it's predominantly forest. It's supposed to be colder up there, so I'm sitting there thinking. You um, know, there's, 
Actually, I don't. Th- I think Canada's cold, of course, but I don't think it's as cold as we think it is. Is it more? I guess southern. Ca- well, Canada, I mean, I think more than northern. Canada is a lot. Now, I could be wrong. Cause I'm not an expert on Canada, but I think it's a lot of unexplored territory, and yeah. um, hmm. there's a lot of things. It's huge. Like Canada itself is huge. Yeah, and I think it's predominantly forest area. Um, I mean, because you could have forest in the cold, but um, I don't think it's Antarctic. I don't think it's like full of snow or anything like that. I think it's actually predominantly forest. And forest, yeah. I learned a lot of this from Heartland, um, hmm. the television show. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, but no, um, overall, I'm glad y'all got to have a little vacation. And yeah. um, We had a good time. Good. I mean, I can't say that we didn't. I mean, we, we enjoyed ourselves with our families, our mothers and our fathers both come down and we uh, enjoyed. I like a vacation my vacation, I don't care where I'm at as long as I'm with my family. That's the main thing. I don't know. I'm not going to complain about being on a cruise ship going to the Bahamas. I mean, I I said next time we're going to go down and see my brother in South Carolina. Um, he lives 30 minutes from the beach. I said, we're going to stay in his house, and we won't have to pay no actually room and board. So he's got a huge house in South Carolina. And I could have went to the beach. I, 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 I'm regretting not going. Yeah. But. I think Heather, Heather's determined. We'll move on with our announcements. Heather's determined, I think, we're going to do a cruise next year. Sure. Cruises are actually just about as cheap as if you go know, stay just, somewhere. I'm just wanting to uh, lock it down and be like I love, in I love cruises. I love boats. I love all that. Um, it don't bother me a bit. I love the free food, all you can eat. Um, that's glorious 24-7 buffet, 24-7 So pizza. the Titanic's never in the back of your mind? I don't care. If I'm going down, I'm going down full. <laughs> I'm going down full. That's all I can say. I'm sitting there thinking, Titanic's on my mind on a ship. If, if the boat goes down, I'm going to heaven with a full belly. So, I mean, that's all I need to know. Uh, free breakfast, free lunch, free dinner, pizza 3 a.m., ice cream 2 a.m. I mean, anything you want's there. Um, but I love – I I mean, I've been on cruise – I didn't feel it. Like you don't, yeah. you don't realize you're on a boat. It's so big. Like I don't think. Have you ever seen a cruise part, cruise boat? In I'm person? not in person. No. It is massive. Like it is. When you're on a cruise ship, you don't even sense it. Like I mean, if you're on the if you're on the edge and you see the water, of course. Yeah. But if you're just walking around the boat, you're. I mean, it's it's massive. You I've, you've been to the you've been to the Opera Milm Hotel yeah. hotel. Yeah. I mean, that's small. Compared to a cruise ship. Oh, well. Well, I'm sitting there thinking, if it's that big, I would have to have a Segway to get through from one end to the other. I wouldn't It's big. Walk. I mean, there's... Better be elevators. You're, uh... I ain't going up no stairs. You're not walking across a cruise ship in two minutes. I mean, oh, you're... Oh, wow. Um, some, I think one thing, is somebody, like, speed walked through a cruise ship, and it took them, like, 30 minutes to get the whole... Walk around the whole cruise the ship. Whole on a speed walk. That's speed walking. Who's in shape. They are massive. Like, mm. if... Um, yeah, they're huge. They're, it's actually almost astonishing when you get next to one. And I went on one that was not even a big one. Like mine was more of a medium sized ship. Hmm. And the the larger ones, like the large Royal Caribbeans and some of the larger Disney ones, they are. Do they not have Christian ones? That's um, what I'm wondering. Well, like Carnival on them, and I think about I think about all the main one: Carnival, Royal Caribbean, Disney, all that. Well, not Disney, but the. Other ones, and there's a couple other ones too. I'm not familiar with as much. They do Christian-y, uh, Christian. I mean, they do Christian sellings. I don't know what I just mixed together. <laughs> I was like, man, that's they a do, new one. You can go on Christian cruise ships. Like they're not Christian themselves, yeah. but they'll have like cruises that are centered uh, around that. Like the Craft family did a cruise. Yeah, and they they've done them before. They're I'm, Southern Gospel I'm, ones. 
I'm praying that, one. that Christians will rise up business-minded Christians. That I'm, I mean, I know we already have some of those, but I'm talking about billionaires that for the kingdom that will have a ship. And, hey, maybe they can buy you Disney. You said you would go it. on it. I will if I, – I just don't – I don't know. I mean, I, I think I would if I knew it was centered. I've heard stories, like, I, you know, like people getting trapped, you know, and like on the – you know, like during COVID, I'm th- I guess that's in the back of my mind. That, that ship, they got stranded out there for two weeks because somebody got sick on it. And you can't get it. I'm like, I'm jumping off this boat and swimming to shore. I don't care if I'm get me a lifeboat or something. I've seen you swim. I don't know if you're doing that. <laughs> I'll float. <laughs> I can float. Briley, would you go on a cruise? Mm, I don't know. You don't know? They are awesome. But what I wanted to say, a Christian should buy Disney and call it Crisney. Crisney? Well, I just uh, I just put them together. <laughs> I just joined them. Um, all right. Uh, okay. Um, got a couple of announcements going on tomorrow night. Man up ministry six o'clock here at um, <coughs> excuse me at the lake, and um, we're excited for that. Bring your sons out. Bring your fishing pole. Bring whatever you want to go out and hang out by the lake. It's going to be a great night there. Again, that starts at 6 o'clock. We have um, Greater Vision on East Main Street in Litchfield. is going to be um, having a concert August the 4th. And Brother Dennis Cook from Litch, uh, First Litchfield First Baptist is going to be opening up for that. VBS for Bethel Fellowship starts next Friday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And that's going to be an amazing three days, 6 o'clock each night, uh, Thursday, Friday, 6 o'clock. Saturday, we're going to start at 10. We have an awesome bouncy house water slide combination coming that Saturday. Going to have a picnic, hamburgers, and hot dogs. It's going to be a really fun, glorious, awesome day on that Saturday. Again, that's August 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And then August the 6th, Brother Lance Johnson is going to be here at Bethel that Sunday morning. He's going to be ministering. Cannot wait for that. I know the power of God's going to fall. And then he'll be at Madrid, the Pentecostal, at that evening at 6. Um, okay. Wednesday, it's not Wednesday. I'm sorry. VBS, Heather just corrected me. Heather said it's – I said Wednesday. I didn't mean to say Wednesday. It's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So Thursday and Friday, it starts at 6. Um, anybody who wants to come Wednesday and help decorate, you're welcome to because we're not having regular services next Wednesday. But um, but we are going to begin Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And so it's going to be awesome. Can't wait for that. And then make plans to be with us as Brother Lance Johnson's ministering that next Sunday morning. Um, not this one, but next one. At 10.15 was start time for us and at Madrid at 6 o'clock that night. And then um, BCA, Bethel Christian Academy, is about to start their school year August the 11th, right around the corner. Um, we're very excited for that. That's going to be um, – we. Um, it's going to be a great school year. If you have kids in the elementary age and middle school age especially and you're interested in getting them into Bethel Christian Academy, we do have a little bit of room left. Um, we're not swamped with room, but we do have a little bit of room. So if you're interested in that, you need to get um, a call out to the office, ASAP 270-257-8330. Um, we have been filling up for the last few years, and then there's a usually a waiting list after that. And so um, we want to make sure that if you're interested in Bible, I mean a Christian um, education, 
that you call and get information and uh, Miss Jerry or Jason Miller or Justin Hatfield or somebody will answer all the questions that you guys need pertaining to the school. And then the last thing um, for this morning I'll announce is August the 18th. We will be streaming Come Out in Jesus' Name here at Bethel Fellowship. Anybody who wants to come watch it is more than welcome to. We'll have more details coming about that time and all that. So um, it's going to be a great day. Mariah says there's a thing people on a ship. It's called Singing at Sea, and it's a bunch of Christian groups, Bluegrass Contemporary, and all that. Oh, wow. Um, they never asked me to come sing on a cruise ship. Um, you could sing some bluegrass. I could sing some bluegrass. Just got to hold my nose. Um, let's see here. <laughs> uh, Miss Gail said it went to, uh, she went to a Christian resort in North Carolina last week, and it was amazing. Uh, I heard, somebody was telling me about yeah, that. Yeah. Hannah was telling me a little bit about your vacation, Miss. Um, and it sounded awesome. Um, it, getting all caught up on my my text machine here, as Brother Ron used to call it. Um, all righty. All right. Well, I think that's announcements. I think that's got all that for the day. We're going to get right into John this morning. Um, we got farther than I thought we would yesterday. We're in John 14, and we are in um, 26. 25, for context, sake, we'll read it. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, or the King James, I think, would use the terminology, the comforter, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I have said to you. This is another important thing to remember of the Holy Spirit. Jesus saying, look, Hear these things I say to you because I'm with you. But there's going to come a time that I'm not with you. And when I'm not with you, the helper, which my Father will send in my name, so it's the Spirit of Christ, it's the Holy Spirit, it's the Spirit of Christ, He will come. He will come and He's going to teach you. Now, um, this is where we use this verse a whole lot. He is the teacher. He's the greatest teacher. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And I think it's very important to remember this, and I always put it in the context of what Jesus was telling us about the Holy Spirit. He will teach us all things first and foremost. Well, that means that he's going to guide us. He's going to direct us. He will point to us. He will reveal things to us. He will show us. Um, and if we ask him, he will illuminate and how most of the time he illuminates or shows us is he brings all things into remembrance. Um, Jesus covers a lot of territory in the Word. He covered a lot of territory, spending three and a half years. Like we have this, we have this Word, but think of how much Jesus probably chatted and talked with the disciples over three and a half years. Um, we have a ton in the Bible, but the the disciples probably had they definitely had even more said to them probably than just what's in the word by Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's there to bring that, was bring that to remembrance, was teaching them, was guiding them, was directing them. And he's telling them, hey, this spirit of Christ coming in my name is going to be revealing and reminding you of me. He's going to be telling you what I taught. He's going to be teaching you all things. He's going to continue with me. Even though I'm not with you, I'm not leaving you empty-handed because he's going to come help. He's going to comfort. He's going to do whatever is necessary. And even today, I think it's very important that we learn to rely on the Holy Spirit. We learn to trust the Holy Spirit. He will never guide us away from the word that he's already inspired, but he will reveal, he will unravel, 
He will give us discernment. He will give us wisdom. He will give us knowledge. He will give us revelation. Um, for instance, Paul says, I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Well, how does that happen? The Holy Spirit. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is there to reveal and conform us into the image of the Son. I love what he said when he said, peace I leave with you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like we just don't understand, I don't think, the fullness all the time of God's peace. Yep. Because that is like a, I don't know, there's so much going on, you know, in people's lives that need peace. And he's spe- speaking that I leave this with you. And he's giving it to them. And I'm I'm sitting there thinking, it's not the peace that we think, like, you know, here on earth. It's it's more than that. It's like, I'm, if I be with you, nobody can be against you. If I, you know, they're not let your, when he goes down, it's, I'm, I'm reading on down, but like, let not your hearts be troubled. You know, we live in an age where we are, there's a, just a sense of just being feared of everything being afraid and he's telling us not to be because he has given us that peace that passeth understanding. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of people out there that need that. I mean, I'm not trying to step on any toes or bring up anything, but when majority of people that I talk to on a daily basis out on the route, you know, most of them are on anxiety and depression medicine. And it's always, and I get it, I know it's real. I know it's something that the enemy has put on people and people have accepted it. And like what you were preaching Sunday, I feel like we've medicated things that we need to be getting off of us. And it's almost like we've allowed that to be part of who we are and it's not our identity. Our identity is God said, I'm leaving my peace that goes beyond the understanding of man's wisdom because things in this world are going to be a little wild and crazy, but I'm giving you this peace that your hearts to not be troubled with that. And what I've found a lot being out here as a delivery guy for the past 12 to 13 years is that there's a lot of people's hearts that are troubled and even people who confess to know Jesus. And I'm like, he, if you, if you're a Christian and you're dealing with, Fear, you know, fear and anxiety, and I get it. I understand where you're coming from, but God said to not let your hearts be troubled, and to give you that peace from Him. We got to stop thinking. You know, we got to stop allowing man to, to, to the the man in this world, because He said, "Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world." Yeah, when you see with your eyes what's happening, what's going on, it may look not the greatest. But we don't look with our own eyes. We have to look through the lens of God and through the lens of Jesus. And I said, because what the enemy does, he he feeds off fear. And that's what he that's his whole scheme. That's his whole gimmick is to put everything stems to me. I, everybody may somebody may disagree out there, but I believe everything the enemy does stems from fear. He wants you to be fear of something, fear of this. He fears God so much that he'll try to distract you from um from seeing the trueness and the truth of the father. So he'll put lies in you. He'll put all these things stem from fear because he knows if you find out the truth, it will set you free. So, I mean, I'm just, I don't know. That's, that's wild. Um, how God is, he's just that amazing. I mean, well, if we look at John, 
where we're at, and it's, um, you know, we just got off the Holy Spirit, and He's going to leave the Holy Spirit with it because He will not leave us alone. Um, and you go into verse 27 that Jacob just read, Peace I leave with you. Um, in the Strong's, the word shalom, which is the word peace, um, means, um, let me see here, completeness, soundness, welfare, and peace. Mm. Um, it is translated success and used as a part of inspiration um, and blessings in, for example, First Chronicles twelve eighteen. Um, and so if we look at it that way, like a lot of people think of peace as um, in the midst of conflict or or tribulation or something, you're you're OK. Yeah. Um, peace doesn't take conflict to activate peace of wholeness. Mm. And so if really if you want to read this, it's he is saying peace, I leave with you. But he's actually saying I leave the Holy Spirit who will complete mm. you. That's right. And the Holy Spirit is going to make you whole. And my peace I give to you. And so he's saying this. I'm leaving you with someone who will make you whole mm. and help you and comfort you. How do I know this? Is because he did it for me on the earth. Yeah. Because Jesus walked this man as a man as as man filled with the Spirit of God. Like he was um he he was empowered. Mm. He was equipped. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He 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 did what he did on the earth as man filled with the Holy Spirit. And he he sent that Holy Spirit to us so that he could dwell in us. Remember just earlier he said that you're gonna know this holy you already know this Holy Spirit because he dwells with you and then he's going to dwell in you. So at this present time he's telling him the Holy Spirit's with him. How the Holy Spirit with him? Because Jesus is with him. Yeah. And as long as Jesus is with them, the Holy Spirit's with them. This is where Trinitarian theology comes in, into play. And so, because he also says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But if you've seen me, you've also seen the Holy Spirit. Because we're one. Yeah. We're all together. That's what I was going to ask you. I just didn't want to stir up anything. I, you know, that to, this verse almost shows you the Trinitarian. Oh, yeah. This whole chapter's full of it. Yeah, I'm sitting there thinking. Looking and John like, chapter 17. Because he said... I mean, I'm not trying to skip on down, but just saying where he goes on and says, I am, if you love me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father. Mm -hmm. You know, because I'm, for the Father is greater than I. So if they were, you know what I'm saying? There has to be the separate mm -hmm. separation of their, and for the Trinitarian belief that there is three persons. Yeah. Um, We'll deal with that one in a minute because okay. I know people's gonna. I know I people's gonna have that hierarchy question, um, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to miss something up here. Um, peace. So he's saying, Holy Spirit, I'm gonna leave with you, and he's gonna give you peace. He's gonna give you the fruit, basically. And if if the Holy Spirit lives in you, he should be producing something that's of a wholeness about you. True. And he should be making tranquility, wellness. Wholeness, all these things should be something that comes about us because peace is more than rest in the midst of conflict. Shalom is a broader picture. True. And um, it's not just a greeting or a farewell. It was a way of life. Yeah. And um, I think peace is something we don't understand because we only understand peace in the contextualization of um, I'm in trouble and I need to rest. Yeah. But peace is meaning that in my life, um, 
in the church, we've kind of been scared of the word contentment because yeah. we're afraid contentment will birth apathy. But contentment is not necessarily apathetic yeah. or lazy or just contentment does not mean I'm really happy where I'm at, so I'm not going to go for forward. Like I'm just going to settle. Yeah. Um, contentment means that my heart is satisfied. Yeah. And um, even walking forward, it's satisfied. And if God never does another thing for me, I'm still satisfied. I'm content in who he is. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm not praying and seeking yeah. the face of the Lord and going and witnessing and testifying. That's what he said to the woman at the well, right? I mean, he told her, if you drink from me, he'll never thirst again. Mm-hmm. And that's the satisfaction. That's the satisfaction. I can't even say the word. Christine. Satisfaction Sorry, of Christine. of the, you're rubbing off on me. Uh, the satisfaction of the Father, or you know, just who He is. Because if you drink normal water, you're gonna want it again. Mm-hmm. But you drink from me, you'll never thirst again. And that's where it doesn't mean we're never gonna drink again. No, that's what I. No. That's I love that because. Because you want more, but once you taste and see that the Lord is good, you're not looking for anything else. You don't want nothing, but nothing else even comes exactly. even close. Because you found contentment in who He is, yeah. but that doesn't mean I don't want to keep drinking. Well, there's more of Him to drink all the time because yes. we keep. But I think that's where He meant you'll never thirst for ever anything else because yep. you've tasted Him and mm-hmm. seen that He was good. Yep. And I love that Jesus, peace I leave with you, and then my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. So he's saying, I'm not giving like the world gives to you. My giving is different than the world's. My giving is different than the persuasion of what the world would do and what the world would give. Um, so often the world gives contingently or the world gives um, selfishly or the world does this. He said, I'm not giving it to you as the world gives it to you. Let your heart not be troubled. Let your heart, um, neither let it be afraid. So he's saying, don't let being, don't let your heart, don't let who you are be troubled. Don't be wavering. Don't be antsy. Don't be anything like this. Neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. So at this point, I think when he's been talking about this whole, I am going away, I'm sure his disciples are getting a little nervous. I'm sure he can <laughs> discern this. I'm sure they can... Because again, you got to rem- we have to remember when we're reading this, and he's talking about going away because he's into the Passion Week. Like, yeah. I know it's like the first 11, 11 chapters or so of John, 12, well, actually, it's 11 chapters because I think 12 is whenever the triumphal entry happens that then the, yeah. the Passion Week starts. They're kind of covering a three and a half years, so they're pop everywhere. Yeah. Now we're in these last um, 11, 10 chapters, 21 chapters in John, right? Yeah. Uh, so the last right. 10 chapters. Um, let me see here. Make sure I got that right. Yeah, you're right. Um, these last 10 are covering a short period of time. I mean, we're talking like a week that it's happening. And then you can knock on a few more days for the um, three days <clears throat> in the tomb. But um, these are shorter period of time. So he's saying all this. They're sensing that he is getting ready to go away. And they're prob- he's probably discerning now at this point, kind of he's kind of shifting and talking about peace, and he's talking about leaving the Holy Spirit. He's talking about not letting your heart be troubled. Um, he's talking about all these things, and I think it's because now he's discerning they're getting a little troubled. They're getting a little antsy. Uh, Jesus, you're saying you're going to go? Like, we need you. We gave up everything. Yeah. You remember? Peter's yeah. probably like, Jesus, I left my fishing business. Matthew, I didn't tax collect no more. Like, um, True. What you-, you know what I see, though? And some people may differ, and that's okay. Um, in the kingdom, 
because I, me and Charlotte studied this for a little while. Jesus had to go away because in a domain, on a kingdom, if the king is there, then we're just princes. And, and you know, at princess, whatever you want to call it. We're, we're, he, he called us kings and priests. So when Jesus had to leave, we became the domain in the earth. We became the kings and priests because he went away to another kingdom. So the kingdom here is more given that the authority to the people through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that's how we became kings and priests through that transfer. But that's just a food for Well, he had to be the seed that's planted in the ground. Um, Romans 8, 20, 8, 29, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. He had to go into the ground. And yeah. if you don't go in the ground, the harvest don't come forth. Yeah, that's um, true. The seed's there. And um, he goes on then. He encouraging them. Don't let them be. Af- don't be afraid, guys. You heard me say to you, I am going away. So he's saying, I am going away. Yep. And I'm not, not changing my mind. But he said, and I will come, come to again. you. Yep. Now, they actually, in all honesty, do not understand this. And the reason I know they're not going to understand this is because when he dies, they're finished. Yeah. They're hurt. They're broken. The only one that seems to even stick around after that is John. Yeah. And I think John was taking care of Mary. And I think that, you know, whenever we'll find out here in a minute, he has seven sayings on the cross. Uh, one of those was looking to John and said, behold your mother. So he actually gave John, who John most likely was, um, most estimates I hear at best, he's probably 13 to 15, maybe 16 years old when he's a disciple of Jesus. Yeah, Peter is probably in the middle ground, one of the odors. He's probably 19 to 21, 22 at the most. He probably is not even... I don't know if any of them was in their 20s. Wow. Um, these were young guys. Most people don't know that about the disciples. We just kind of think they're 30, 35, yeah, 40. We look at these old, um, old men. <laughs> yeah, John was really young. Like so I've heard some scholars say as young as possibly 13 or 14. Oh, wow. Um, I don't think he's probably that young. I'm thinking he's pro- – I think they're probably all pretty close in age, but um, – j- I have, I'm going to, John MacArthur dove into the 12 disciples pretty hard, and he has a book, 12 Ordinary Men. I'm going to read that one day to see all the research he did. But I think it's, um, I do know they're younger than what we suspected. Yeah. They're not 30-something. Um, they're low 20s, high teens. Yeah. And now Mary, I mean, they suspect Mary was maybe 13 to 14 when she had Jesus. Young. So um, it wasn't unheard of for young people to be activated and stuff like that. But in this one, though, you kind of see it like if, Peter, say, he, let's just be generous, say Peter's 22, 23, yeah. but give up his business to follow Jesus. And as a third generation fisherman, he had his own boats, he has his own nets. He's he's a pretty wealthy young man to start out. I mean, he's really doing well for himself. And then Jesus is like, okay, I'm going to go away. Yeah. And then I'm going to come to you. What? Okay. Well, that's kind of a dichotomy, Jesus, you're presenting to me that I don't understand because you're going to go away and then you're coming back. So they probably thought when he heard that, all right, he's going to go away for a little while, but then he's coming back. So when he died, that probably hit him different True. because they're suspecting him to come back. And whenever he dies, they're like, how could he come back? He just died. Yeah, they've never seen So they they don't know, and yeah. they don't understand what he's saying here still. Um, I'm over. 
I got to take a break. We'll finish this chapter when we come back. We got time because this is really good stuff. We're going to read our first trivia question for the day that gets you in for this three-week period um, to get you in for these two book bags. Wednesday, question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. At what church where Paul and Barnabas spent? What what church were Paul and Barnabas set apart by the Holy Spirit to do missionary work? At what church were Paul and Barnabas set apart by the Holy Spirit to do missionary work? 270-257-2689. Again, thank you for the sponsor of Sicilian Bank for giving us an opportunity to give you a trivia question and sponsoring the Box 2 Radio Network. We love you guys. Be right back here after the break. All mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All righty, we are back here. Um, Good conversation. Me and Jacob continued it during the break about um, the (laughs) Trinity. Got a lot of good things. Thank you again for such encouragement with the truth. Praise be unto our great God. Well, thank you for your encouragement and support. Uh, We are humbled and um, thankful that you all give us your ear two hours every single weekday morning. Um, Thursday, the Wednesday question again, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. At what church were Paul and Barnabas set apart by the Holy Spirit to do a missionary work? 270-257-2689 is the number you get in for that drawing. Um, then I have also, we're going to work a little bit more on John here in a minute, but I'm going to get caught up on a few texts. Um, we are not going to be doing the live prayer today with Hannah being out of it. And Miss Mary says she's going to wait till Hannah's back next week. So, um, if you need prayer still today though, we, you can call the station, text me, and we will definitely be praying for you. Even if we're not live on the air, Hannah's gone this week, um, spending some time with family, um, getting her toe Sandy in Panama. So, um, I'm sure that they are enjoying their time down there. Can I say something real quick? Uh, yeah. Mariah, I don't think his mic's on properly. Um, <clears throat> I just wanted to say, just during a break, uh, to the audience, how thankful we are for you, Aaron. Oh, no, just listen, let, hear me out. You know, like, Aaron's been my friend for, I don't even know how long. I'm not trying, I'm not, I'm not going to be so sentimental here, but. You know, when you're really diving into the Word and just going back and forth and, and, and seeing things, we're thankful that God had um, put you in my life and even for this church because you challenge. I've heard so many people say, Aaron is pretty smart on the Word. And I'm not trying to puff you up or anything. I'm just saying having that friend that you can go to when you're having these questions and you're like trying to dissect Scripture and you're just like, um, it's awesome that I hope other people can find that kind of a friend that you can look into the scriptures and bounce stuff off each other. And even if I'm wrong or you're wrong, you know, it's not like a competition. We're just trying to find truth. It's all we should be hungry for. Um, so I, I just pretty, want to say that we're I pretty we're much learned everything from Briley. Um, yeah, <laughs> she's smart. So, no, it's, it's a joy. I love the word. I love to dive in the word. Um, I just want to be a learner. I want to be yeah. somebody who's growing. I want to be somebody who, um, I don't. I never want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to be the person in the room yeah. that's always asking for more, like, yeah. um, and saying, "I want to understand more." I want uh, because I'm obsessed with truth. I want yeah. truth in all things. Me too. And um, um, we have an answer for our trivia question. Miss Rachel Arms got it right. We love Miss Rachel here. Um, she's got. She gets her name in for the drawing, and it is Antioch. Antioch is where. Paul and Barnabas were set apart by the Holy Spirit to do missionary work. Acts 13, 1 through 3. Um, and so um, 
congratulations, Miss Rachel. Get your name in for this three-week period. It's a little three weeks. It's a little bit different. Three weeks because we got those two backpacks. We're going right up into the school, and they'll be packed full of school supplies. Um, when I will, and so I'm excited for that. It's going to be great. I'm so excited for somebody to get that. Um, if you have prayer, please don't hesitate to call the station 270-257-2689 or text me at 270-230-6337. And I would love to pray with you. We would love to pray with you. We love you guys so much. You family, you're not our audience. You're not our, you're not anything like that. You are family and we want to be here and family has each other's back. Amen. Miss Gail says, why did the whole, why did Jesus have to leave before Holy Spirit could come? And I think this is a deep question, and it actually goes back to John chapter 14 because he says, I'm going away, I'm coming to you, Um, but he's going to send his peace. He's saying, don't be troubled because I'm leaving somebody with you, but I must go for the Spirit of God to come. Um, I think it's important to understand exactly what Jesus is doing and how he came to earth. Um, We believe if you go back to the garden even, if you go back to the beginning, in the beginning was... Um, well, if you go back to John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Well, what's that Word? It's Logos. It's the established. It's Jesus. That's Jesus is the Logos, and he is the Word. And Jesus was God. He was with God, and he's always been. Um, Colossians, I think it says, Colossians will tell us that all things are made by him, through him, and for him. Who's the him? Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is not created. He's always been. The Father was never created. He's always been. Yeah. The Spirit of God was all, always been. There's a Trinitarian. In the Greek, we have this word called perichalesis. And perichalesis says there's a love dance entangled among the Trinity. It's the three in one. Yeah. Um, in Genesis, we have them saying, and let us make man in our own image. In even Jewish traditions, if you look at outside Jewish writings of history and um some philosophy or things that the Jews held and ideologies and theology they held, even in their outside works, they allude to the Trinity. Um, Now you always have to make sure you understand the Trinity in the correct context because the Old Testament reminds us here, you always are our God is one God. So we are not what we call polytheistic. We don't believe in three different gods. We believe in one God. The, the Jews called the father Yahweh, Yehovah or Yah. And Yehovah would have been the name I am. And Yehovah is what they would write, but they wouldn't write the vowels, I do believe. They would leave those out because they were the name Yehovah was so sacred. Yeah. And then in Genesis 1, though, we have Yehovah, Yahweh, the Father speaking. Now, Jehovah is a term that we call say about God, but that's actually a relatively very new term. It's a hybrid term. Jehovah probably wasn't used till 1900s, 20th century at best. Um, but we do say like, you know, there's those cool songs because of who you are. Jehovah Shiloh. Yeah. You know, Jehovah's, it's it's a hybrid term. Yeah. It's kind of derived from the Hebrew and Latin combined. But his name used in the Old Testament was Yehovah or Yahweh. Yahweh. Yeah. Um, and in the, in the very beginning, we have the Father is speaking kind of deal. The spirit of God is hovering over the seas because the father said, let there be light. But then we also see per se, the Lord walking in the cool of the day with Adam. I believe that one walking in the cool of the day was a Christophany. I believe it was Christ himself walking with Adam. Um, Just like if we move forward a little bit, you have um, the Lord of hosts. Jacob was talking about during the break. Um, I believe you had Jesus and two angels talking to Abraham. 
and Jesus stayed with Abraham while the two angels went to Sodom and Gomorrah. So I think all throughout the Old Testament you have Christ often. He's the fourth man in the fire. True. That was him. I yeah. believe the one who put the lines to sleep in the lines den was a prize of Christophany. Hmm. Um, and we started talking about Melchizedek and or Melchizedek, however you want to say. I've heard it both ways. I call him Melchizedek. Um, a lot of people ask if he's a Christophany. I'm not going to. I will never debate this. Like, yeah. I feel like he's probably more of a shadow because he had no beginning days and end of yeah. days. Abraham paid tithes to him. Um, he had no lineage, really. You didn't know. So what was the order of Melchizedek? Um, the priestly order. The priestly Okay. It was I, a priestly I order. I now. And, um, but I, I, I am okay with, I'm not upset if I don't, either way. If it's, like, yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm never going to get, because Hebrew talks a lot about the order of Melchizedek and stuff like that, too. Yeah. Uh, but all throughout the Old Testament, we see these indicators of Trinitarian theology. So it's not new in the New Testament. Yeah, It's because you have the Father speaking so many times. You have the Son showing up as a Christophany. You have the Spirit of God coming on people. Like Samson, Spirit of God came upon him. Yeah. Um, Saul, Je- Saul lost the Spirit of God, uh, lost the anointing. Yeah. David had the Spirit of God. All throughout the Old Testament, we've seen where the Spirit would come upon and depart. That would be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, yeah. And so when Jesus says, or the question comes up, why did Jesus leave for the Holy Spirit to come? I never want anybody to think the Holy Spirit wasn't here until Jesus died. He was already, yeah. yeah. He's always, always been. been here. But you think maybe the indwelling, that, well, that was the part of the indwelling? I think that when Jesus says, I go to make a place for you, he's actually preparing us to be part. Yeah. And for the first time... I know this gets me in a lot of trouble. We really debate this a lot with a lot of people. I think the Spirit of God came upon people, anointed people, even stayed great periods of time. But he, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 says he's joining and knitting us together, together to become a habitation. For the Holy Spirit. So yeah. no longer is the Holy Spirit coming or going. He wants to make his abode. He wants to dwell in us for the... And I believe mm. that's what Christ did. He made a place. And he even said earlier, as I am with the Father, I want them to be one with me. He's going to pray that again in John chapter 17. He's made us a vessel. So do you think that just made the opportunity? It was because Jesus had to go because the Holy Spirit came upon then. But now it's greater is he that is in you. Yes. The inning, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in people. Yeah. That's why he... Well, he, he said it earlier um, in John chapter 14. Face ID, sorry. Um, I'm going to go back to my phone. Uh, let's see here. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. So the world cannot receive the spirit of truth. Mm. Why? For one, they're blinded. They don't know how to receive the spirit of God. And you'll never see him if you're first not born again. Yeah, You cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again, because it is neither sees it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. He's talking to disciples, for he dwells with you. Well, how does he dwell with you? Because he dwells in and Jesus, Jesus yeah. and will be in you. you. So now that's futuristic. He's saying he's dwelling in me now, but it's coming and you to know you. him because you know me. That's amazing. But then he's going to dwell in you when I leave, because I go and this this is where he goes. He goes. I go to prepare a place for you. Like, this is the whole context. I'm going to prepare a place for you because when I prepare a place for you, you have a part of me. And when you have a part of me, the the one who dwells in me 
will be able to dwell in you because yeah. it's no longer dwelling in the temples made with the hands of man, but in the temple of you and I, which have become the new temples of the Holy Spirit. So that made us partakers because of that. According to Second Peter, yeah. we are now partakers of the divine nature. Amen. Woo. Um, and so whenever he he leaves, he left so he could go prepare a place for us because the atonement yeah. was finalized. We have been made new yeah. once and forever sacrifice. He does not need to do this again. And now we are equipped to become temples of the Holy Spirit in the earth. And Christ himself, when he walked as son of God on the earth, son of man, he could not be omnipresent. He was not everywhere. Jesus was in one place at one time. Now, he translated at time, it seemingly appeared. He he kind of disappeared in the crowd. You know, they sought to kill him, and then he was just not there. Yeah. I think he supernaturally did things, but he could only be in one place. He couldn't be in Judea and Jerusalem at the same time. He was in Jerusalem, or he was in Judea, or yeah. Caesarea, or somewhere like that. He was in one place. Mm. Um, but when he sends the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Christ can be everywhere at one time. Yeah. That's some, I mean, that blows your mind yeah. in a way that people don't even, just the thought. Like, I think people don't see that so much <clears throat> as the partakers of the divine nature, you know? So why are we out here trying to puff ourselves up because we did nothing? Nope. It's all about him. It's all about him. And see, this is where he was trying to get them to understand of... um John chapter 6, if you go back, when he fed the 5,000, and then he turns around, and roughly a conservative number is 20,000 people were following him at this time, because it was 5,000 men plus women and children. He turns around and said, you cannot be of me unless you partake of me, and the only way you're partaking of me is to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. They freaked out, because they don't understand what it is to be a partaker. True. Because when I partake, I become. Didn't he lose a lot of people, though? He lost all. He lost all of them because the first of John chapter six, he has twenty plus thousand people, and the end of John chapter six, he has twelve, and one of them's a devil. So they probably think, man, this man's crazy. They did think he's crazy. They left. Why? Mm. Why do they leave? We go back to what we just read. They could not receive the spirit of truth because Mm. they cannot see, and they cannot see because Jesus actually dealt with that in John. Their father is the devil. Oof. And until your father becomes the father, Yahweh, Yehovah, you can't see. see. Well, how do you see? How do you become? You get transformed. You get transitioned. Colossians says he plucks you out of the kingdom of darkness and places you in the kingdom of light. And Ezekiel says he gives you a new spirit and a new heart. Well, why, when he gives that, now you the blinders are taken off. Your heart is changed. You're no longer the father. Your father's the devil. Um, now your father is Yehovah. And he says, once that happens, now you can see and you can receive the spirit of truth because I have gone to make a place for you. Amen. And I know that seems weird, but it just seems that when you see that, it just changes something. Because if you, if people could just see that the partakers of the divine nature Think about that, though. I mean, I, I don't want to dwell on this, but I just, I'm, it just blows my mind that how we think we could do anything within ourselves, and that's how we became the kings and priests was because He allowed us become partakers of who He was. Mm-hmm. There ain't nothing that we can ever do. It was all about what He did yep. to give us that. He basically made a seat for us in heaven through all that. And I know it's just a simple gospel, but when you see it, 
and trueness. And then when it, it just makes a reality check to you that how we have done Christianity over the years and how we've, why we make things so hard, why we make things so complicated, yeah. you know? Well, let's push a little farther on that. Okay. What you just said. He actually did more than make a seat in heaven for us. He made a place for us in him. Amen. Yeah. And um, in verse 20 of first chapter 14, in that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me we, and I in um, you. If you abide in me, I'll abide in you. Yep. Yeah. He's actually making place for us in who he is because where we are is not in heaven for eternity. Where we are is on the new earth and new heavens, and we are the bride of Christ Christ. on the earth, and the earth will be his footstool. The earth is his throne. We will have no need of the sun because he will be the light. He will reign forevermore. The kingdoms of this earth will become the kingdoms of our Christ. And so what he's doing, he's not making a mansion for you in heaven like we've always sang and talked about. I'm not trying to yeah. I'm not trying to belittle the theology we grew up on. Like yeah, I get it. But he's making a place for us in, in him. him. Because in him is everything. Yeah. We want the we we've we we sing and preach about the mansions. The like the riches. Oh, we're gonna yeah. have everything. But all we need is him. Yeah. And in all reality, our period of time in heaven will be short. Yeah. Because I'm sitting there thinking, why do we need a mansion? We we don't. I mean, even the word. Think about that. Even the word there is not mansion. mansion. It's not really the ac- most accurate translation is not mansion. Yeah. It would be place. It would just be a spot. Yeah. He's making room for you. Oh, I always said I don't. I, the theology of that everybody has their own mansion, I believe, is out the door because I believe what it is is okay. It's kind of like having this house, and we're all together, mm-hmm. and we're there with each other. That that um being a part of each other and in in Christ i believe that you ever ha- you know it's just kind of like having i'm not trying to say cuz what we're limited to understand what it's going to be like like when we get there but at the same time i'm i'm looking at things on earth that are part of what i believe heaven is going to be like just being around your people the body and having that, there's times where you just know that there's no, there's not, like you feel like nothing can stop you to do what God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, there's no limits. There's no, you know what I'm saying? It's like that, ha, ha, being around your family, and the love that you have with your friends and your family, that with when everything is going wild, just like, I guess, Darren, I, I'm just trying to briefly understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is like COVID, everybody had to stay at home and be at home with each other. I know it might have been a bad for some, but I think it grew some families together, some apart. But I believe it brought this closeness to some that we could never explain. That I believe that to to have that love that you have for each other and and to the embodiment of fellowship with mm-hmm. each other, I believe yeah. that's that's our riches. That's the real riches. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got to read our second trivia question for the day. Hard break here. We'll come back. I have three or four text messages to get to some more questions on this, um, and I love the question. So I, it's not. We're going to keep answering. We got at least three questions to coming back, <laughs> um, and I love this because I think these are again these are things people want to talk about, and um, it's always hard to get into the topic of it. 
All right. Well, third Wednesday question number two, sponsored by the Higdon Land Survey, and we appreciate them appreciate them for being an underwriter and sponsor of the Box Two Radio Network, and especially one is a Box Two Radio. Who saw the back of God since he could not bear to see the face to face? Who saw the back of God since he could not bear to see him face to face? Two seven zero two five seven two six eight nine. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box Two Radio on the Box Two Radio Network. All righty, we are back here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. What a day, what a day, what a glorious day it is to be alive in the kingdom of God. Nothing's better than Him, amen? Nothing is better than Him. Miss Judy McCaslin got that answer right on. It was Moses who saw the back of God since he could not bear to see Him face to face. It was Moses, Exodus 33, 23. Now, we have several different uh, questions coming up here um, that we've got going to get caught up on some texts here. Um, can you expound on what did it mean when Jesus, in John chapter 20, verse 22, breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. This was before the resurrection. Yes, it was. Um, we actually um, dove into this a few months ago, and it was very interesting. And... Um, I think we all learned a lot of things, but he says here in verse 21, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive you the Holy Spirit. If your sins, and then he goes on to, if you forgive sins of anyone, they are forgiven. Um, and that one could be a whole question within himself, but he's sitting in the upper room with them. And he says this, receive the Holy Spirit. Um, and he breathes on them. Now, a lot of, I think that's a really hard question. Um, I do. I'm not for sure I have a definite answer for you on that one. I can kind of piece together what we've come to a agreement per se on believing that, but we know this much is that he's up there and he is imparting something to them. He is blowing on them. He's breathing on them. I think he's breathing life spiritually because he has already died. He's already, re he's already, um, he's not he has already resurrected. And um, let me see here. Let me make sure my context is right. And because <clears throat> this is this is already after the resurrection. He's already died. He's already done all this. And now he's going to appear to them and breathe on them. And he's saying, receive ye the Holy Spirit. At one time, I thought possibly this could be when they was really born again. I don't necessarily see it that way anymore, I don't think. Um, but I do think that what he's doing there is he's imparting to them. And he's breathing. They're receiving his breath. They're receiving his life. They're receiving this impartation. Now, there's going to be an, an feeling and a more of a baptism, submersion in the Holy Spirit at, at Pentecost. But I think what he's doing here is extremely significant because he's imparting life into them. He's breathing his life upon them. He's giving them something. I think he is giving him his spirit to an extent here. And I think that's why it's saying receive, they were receiving yeah. the Holy Spirit. I think, I mean, it's just like if you were receiving a gift, you have to receive it. I mean, what was the question? Can you repeat the question again? Um, what does it mean? What's this whole thing mean when Jesus, um, when he breathed on them and received the Holy Spirit? This was before his resurrection. It was actually after, after the resurrection. Yeah, it wasn't before. Um, yeah. That's what I thought. And so <clears throat> um, I, I think it's a... I think it's a little bit different, difficult text than we give it credit for. Um, but let's see here. 
Um, the notes in the ESV study Bible says it is best understood as a forecast of what would happen when the Holy Spirit was given at Pentecost. This does not mean that the Holy Spirit had no presence in the disciples' life prior to this point. I I don't think that's a bad suggestion or apparent um, understanding. I would push a little farther myself, though, because when he said he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Well, if if Jesus tells you to do something, I've, this is probably one of the biggest things I hear because it doesn't necessarily say it, that this thing, this action right here made way for Pentecost. Yeah. It was a, it was a declaration. And I understand that, but who he was talking here specifically was not to the 120 in the upper room. It was, it was to his disciples. It, it was the 12. Yeah. It was the 12 plus maybe a few yeah. of the women was in there. True. Um, but he was looking at them and saying, you know, receive ye the Holy Spirit. I think personally, I don't know to what extent, but I think he was imputing something there. Yeah. I think he was imparting okay. life. I don't think the fire from heaven fell. I don't know if anything like that happened, but I think there was something more significant happening in that room than we actually give credit for. Yeah. Um, yeah, because this was definitely after the resurrection. I mean, oh, yeah. That, that, I think that's maybe the question they were, it, were alluding to. Like it maybe it happened before, but it was after. Yeah. Because, because he was talking about touch, he didn't want them touching, uh, whenever uh, to marry, mm-hmm. because he was. I guess that. Do you believe that's where he he just didn't want to be tainted at that time with? Um. Well, the touching thing. Yeah. Um. That's he, a commonly taught thing. I don't. I think actually, if you look at the Greek, what it's saying is, "Woman, don't touch me." But that word "touch" in the Greek means "don't hold on to me." Okay. I've got a mission to do. And I've got to finish this. i got to finish this. And what was happening, I believe, was um, the touch is holding. Like, don't hold me back. i got to go. I'll be right back. Like, don't. Because he hadn't ascended to the Father yet. Yes. Uh, and the reason so is, you know, the ability to taint what he just did because somebody touched him on the way up to heaven. Uh, yeah. I struggle with that. Yeah. Um, but I think the more accurate persuasion or understanding of the Greek would be more along the lines of, don't hang on to me. Don't hold me back. Don't yeah. don't lean on me. I gotta. I've got to finish this, yeah. um, and and so that's kind of what I would pers- persuade it on. Now, you could probably persuade me the other way if you show me in scripture, but I don't see any necessarily evidence that she's going to taint and ruin everything if she touches him, um, unless it's in there and I just miss it. Which I miss stuff a lot because I missed for years the. Matthew said two men coming out of the tombs, whereas Mark and Luke said one man coming out of the tombs when Jesus delivered them. Yeah. So it's very easy to miss things. We we can no matter how much you study, every time you every time I read through a book of the Bible, I learn something else. Even though like I've read through Ephesians I don't know how many times. Um So so he had he was on his way to do this. Yeah. And she had to go tell the disciples, basically. Yeah. And then he after he did it, he came back. Uh, he sent the women to go tell. Yeah. And then that's because that, he said, make sure Peter's with you. And then whenever he got back, now uh, not all the disciples necessarily was with him at this point. Because yeah. you remember then the next part Thomas. of it is Thomas is yeah. kind of coming in the scene out of nowhere. Right. I'm struggling, guys. And so. And then he could actually touch him at that time mm-hmm. because that's how Thomas had to. Yeah. Thomas wasn't going to believe it yep. was him. Yep. Yeah. Um, listener clarify, I should have said before Pentecost. Um, that's okay. We we got it. Uh, thank you so much for the question. We love this question. Thank you. Is it's it's a very thought provoking, interesting question. Yeah. Um, but I I don't want to just I don't necessarily just want to throw it off to say that 
this was Jesus making way for Pentecost shadowing. I think there was something significant in the room. I think when he said it to those in the room, there had significance. Because again, I don't believe that Pentecost was the first time the Holy Spirit ever empowered anybody. Exactly. I agree with that. Pentecost was an activation of the New Testament church. Like, I don't think the church was, I don't think, I think the church has always been here. The New Testament church and what we would see as the New Testament church was birthed at Pentecost. Yeah. But the church has always been here, per se, um, you know, in different forms. But there's always been a remnant. There's always been a people. There's always been a people of God. Now, the because the, even the Gentile church at this time wasn't birthed. True. Because um, the Gentile church was still going to be birthed because that's when Peter sees a vision to Macedonia. You know, I still think the the awesomeness about the upper room experience is, like, if they were already carrying this about— what Jesus just told them. Mm-hmm. We were just waiting on everyone to, because they can't. They came into one place to to gather. We always think at first they came in to one mind and one accord, but it came into one place and one accord, and then they became into one mind when the Holy Spirit came mm-hmm. upon them. So that makes more sense, and about yeah. them coming into one mind together. I think that there may be the building of Pentecost was more than just what we always thought it was. Maybe it's more than that. Maybe it was, we're all coming into one mind together with Christ. And, but that's only through the receiving of the Holy spirit. Yeah. The Holy spirit was already having to help them. Yes. Um, because you know, Paul deals with that. Keep the spirit of peace through the bond. I mean, get, keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Yes. And that's only done by having the Holy spirit, in us, and I think there was something significant happened when he breathed on them and said, "Receive you the Holy Spirit." I do, yeah. um, because again, Pentecost wasn't so much about receiving the Spirit; it no. was about him being empowered yeah. to do the work of the ministry yeah. to the to the north, the south, the east, and the west, from um, True. to all the metrons, all these. It's the empowerment, not the initiation. True. That's what I feel like the church needs today. Again, yep. <laughs> the empowerment. All right. So another question. So we are not only filled with the Holy Ghost, but in the Holy Ghost also. Well, the thing is, we are, we never become God, all right? No. We are never um, God. So when we say partakers of the divine nature or becoming one with him, we are never becoming a fourth person. Nope. Okay, let's just clarify that um, because some cults run with that kind of stuff. That's not what we're talking about. What we are talking about is I'm going to be in who he is and yeah. he is in me. I am partaking of his nature. Yeah. I'm partaking of his gifts. I'm partaking of his character. I'm part, I'm being conformed to the image of the Son of God, not yeah. conformed into the Son of God. I'm conformed into the image of the Son of God. And so whenever I, I don't disagree with this question because it's not that we're just being filled. We are becoming one, one. like them yes. and one with them. And that was Jesus's prayer that we'll get to in John chapter 17. Um, and... And so we, the um, so for me, we are being filled every single day. Amen. But we're only being filled because we're already in Him. Yeah. And um, it's kind of like Paul talks about. He's a drink offering. He's pouring himself out every day. We should be breathing in and breathing out. Um, Brother Tishner preached that sermon. Remember that sermon? Oh yeah. There was two sermons. I always remember Brother Tishner preaching. The one on the uh, crossing the Red Sea was phenomenal. phenomenal. And then the one where he 
preached on breathing out and breathing in. Mm-hmm. And um, as we exhale, we always need to inhale yeah. more. And, um, you know, it's it's along those lines of I am the, let's see here, and Ephesians says this, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Spirit yeah. The filled there is a participle, basically, and I hope I use that grammar right, where it's continuously. We're always continuously. Every day we're to be filled afresh. Every day we're to have a Pentecost. Every day we're to be empowered. Every day we're to be walking and being filled with the Spirit of God. Um, that does not mean I'm not in Him. I'm already in Him, but I need Him continuously to fill me with His presence. Um, and then they went on, Heaven is on earth, or He wouldn't said, Pray for it on earth, or the kingdom is nigh to you. The kingdom is at hand. The bride comes down from heaven, said John the New Testament, Jerusalem comment. Um, yeah, I mean, I, well, I think that um, heaven is coming to earth in us now, but a new Jerusalem will descend upon the earth, and it will be 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles, and it will be filled to the max, and there will be no need of a sun because Jesus will be our light. Um, it's going to be complete peace, complete shalom. Um, I, I think that I think that we're taught to... Because what Paul says, Paul said the temporal sufferings of this world pale in comparison to the eternal glory that waits us. And so we think that's always just alluding to heaven. Heaven is going to be great, but we're going to be only in heaven for a certain amount of time because heaven will come to earth in the form of New Jerusalem. But there still will be a heaven. Okay? I believe that. I believe there still will be a heaven, but yet heaven's going to come to earth in the form of a New Jerusalem descending. Amen. Yeah. And it's going to be amazing. And this is where we start to get into millennial talk and we start to get into some other things. But the millennial is not where heaven fully comes to earth. Millennial, in that thousand-year reign, we believe and we perceive, we kind of see it to the extent that in the millennial there will be believers and unbelievers. There will be those that are immortal and those that are immortal. There will be babies still being born. Yeah. All these things are going to be happening in the millennial. In heaven or for the eternal reign, we're not going to see that. Is that a fair statement, Jacob? You, yeah. Um, there be when we get to what we would call heaven or heaven on earth as a new Jerusalem descending. There's not going to be ba- being babies being born. There's not no unbelievers. There's nothing there. So there is a distinctive difference between what we would see as the millennial and the new Jerusalem coming down forevermore, where Jesus is our light. Um, and so I think that's always important to understand and clarify. Just like the rapture and the second coming is different. And so bringing distinction and clarification to all these helps us properly compartmentalize everything and put it in this rifle place so we stop being confused. What we do is we jumble everything up together, and then we really don't know what's happening, where, when it's happening, or how it's happening, and we just always kind of use the excuse of, well, it's it's just all going to play itself out. Well, I'm excited because the more I learn where we're going to be, what we're going to do, and the fact that Jesus is going to be there doing it with us and that we win— I get a little bit more excited. So I'm not waiting for a few more weary days, and then I'm going to go home with the Father. I'm living a victorious life now because I know that heaven is coming to earth because of his blood, and he's made place for us to be partakers of him. Mm-hmm. And so that should get us excited. I mean, you think about um, the upper room for a second and how Peter – was it? Is it Peter? Yeah. Yeah. I bet he was – and this, was this in the upper room? I think it was, where he says that y'all weren't drunken as we. You, these are not, these are not drunken as you suppose, but it's the only third hour of the day. And I'm thinking, could you imagine that though? Like, what would it be like, like when that took place? 
mm-hmm. or is they falling in the floor, you know, or, you know, acting like a bunch of drunk people on Acts 2.15. Mm-hmm. That was just uh, something that just came to me a while ago. Yeah. Um, it definitely, it definitely, um, it would have been a, a scene. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't know like, how else to say it. I don't know the proper words to use because, well, the people who were dealing with this, they're not drunk as you suppose, was the people that were looking at this. Because yeah. I think all this started in the upper room, but somewhere along the lines, it went from the altar to the porch. It went from True. the upper room to the scene because how else would Jesus have preached and seen thousands of people come to Christ that day? And so I think this overflowed into the streets and it was changing who they are. They were different. Um, they were. That's true. Because, I mean, it goes in talking about this is what was spoken of the prophet Jewel. Yeah, because Peter actually goes out there and preaches to everybody. Yeah. And he preaches to the whole city and basically says, the Jesus who you killed. Whew. And, I mean, he, he don't hold no words, but yet I think they've seen. I think the thing that made them look like they were drunk was the fact they were pre- they were preaching and teaching and praying in a different language. Yeah. Yet men could understand them. Yeah. What's going on here? Like, oh my gosh. Now, I don't know if everybody understood immediately, but the ones in the upper room and all those nations that were representing the upper room, they could understand. And they were yeah. astounded because they could understand what everybody's praying. Yeah. Um, but then some somehow it transitioned to the street. And I don't know like how it happened. I don't know if they just got so carried away they just went out there or somebody said, Okay, guys, let's just go out to the street and preach to everybody. That's, that's what we're really <laughs> I mean, like I don't know how it ends up in the street, but it had to, or, or was it five or three thousand come to Christ that first day? That's, I think it was I'm not for sure. But. Five thousand. Um but <coughs> excuse me, excuse me. But we love answering these Bible questions, so keep them coming, 270-230-6337. We're always here to make an honest attempt to answer the questions that you guys have, and we're always thankful um, for the opportunity to help anybody and help ourselves because whenever we answer your Bible question, it helps us most of the time too. Oh, yeah. Um, And we get to be – it's iron sharpening iron. Um, Here's what I would like to do until we get another question. I want to continue forth in John 14. I love to finish this chapter today, not trying to get it done. It's just so rich um, because we just heard it. We had it going back to verse four, chapter 14. Um, he just said, you heard me say, I'm going away and I will come to you. If you loved me and you would have rejoiced because I am going to the father and the, for the father is greater than I. Now, throughout the whole life, Jesus never made himself greater than the father. He, he basically always said to them you know i do what the father says Mm -hmm. i go where the father goes i do what the father i see my father do um he's always driving them to submission worship and adoration and honor and respect Mm. um jesus is always teaching us like his whole life is teaching Mm -hmm. that's what he does he's the rabbi he's Mm -hmm. the great teacher and even here he's teaching us that we must submit to the father we want to go to the Father. The Father is our all in all. He's greater. He's better. He's wonderful. He's awesome. And he's saying this, I go there. And because I'm going there to my Father, you all should rejoice. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you rejoice. Because if you loved me, you're not going to be upset when I say I leave. Yeah. You'll rejoice because you will understand exactly what's going to happen. Because I've been telling you, it's better for your sake if I go to my Father. Exactly. Because when I go to my Father everything's going to be better. It's kind of like 
I go to my father for my father can treat you like it's a son. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like the exchange. Uh, You know, I remember you used to do that preaching on um, Jesus exchanging the the white coat. The jackets. Mm -hmm. The jackets. And he couldn't see the the sin no more because Jesus gave that gateway straightly that they couldn't see. The father couldn't because the father's just. And the Father does love, but He's just. His justice has to be served just as much as He loves us, and that Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for all, all everything, and He no longer the Father can no longer see the sinful part because of Jesus's blood applied yeah. to us. It's, it's amazing. Well, for for the thing in us that separates us from God to be crushed, the Son had to be crushed. Yep. And my sin was crushed on the cross. Yep. It was crushed. It's just like that moment where when Jesus said, have you forsaken me? And I believe that was a part where the father couldn't look upon the son because of that. And, you know, that's just me because he felt at that moment the father just was turned from all the stuff that was upon him yep. at that moment. Um, verse 29, and now I have told you before it takes place. So he's telling you, I've told you all this before it happens so that when it does take place, you may what? Believe. Yeah. A lot of them still struggle to believe seemingly. Um, but he was telling them, he was trying to prepare them, like, this is going to happen. I am going to leave, and I'm telling you all this because I want you to believe. And he's saying, I will no longer talk much with you. Now, he's telling his disciples, I'm not actually going to talk with you much longer here. For the ruler of this world, who is Satan, is coming. He's coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. And he says, rise, let us go from here. So he's saying, I think Jesus knew this. These next few days are going to be really hard. The ruler, the principality of this heir, the prince of this heir, he's coming for me. Now, he's reminding them, and he's already, again, he's still teaching. He has no place, he has no hold over me. This is significant theology and we miss it a lot here, is he saying, I'm not doing this because Satan is more powerful or he wins. I'm doing this because my father has asked me to do this. No man takes my life. I lay it down. Yeah, that's right. And so he's reminding him here, Satan is not winning. Satan has no dominion. Mm -hmm. He's actually already won back the keys. True. He did that in 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 the desert. Whenever he was fasting, the enemy come in and said, "Do this, do this," and he he responded every time with a word, word. of from the word, yeah. word of um, scripture, and he defeated yep. Satan. Realized he had no hold on him here. He um, because if you go back to the garden, whenever Adam and Eve was tempted by Satan, they lost. They lost dominion. They lost dominion because when they compromised and they sinned, they they surrendered that dominion to, to mm-hmm. Satan, and when Jesus refused to surrender it. He actually won it back. He won it back. And he's reminding them, you have no say over me, Satan. I'm doing this because my father has asked me to do it. So my thing is, he said, hereafter, I will not talk. Well, this is KJV. I will not talk much with you for the prince of the world cometh. So what is he saying? Like, is he saying that? He's saying that, this is what I believe he's saying, that these next few days are going to be really hard. Yeah, like there's going to be a battle, basically. Yes. And he's saying, this is kind of it, guys. I've told you everything I can. 
what's getting ready to happen is going to be hard. Remember, remember everything I've told you that you may believe. Uh, I mean, because you think about this. I mean, he could have just snapped his fingers and said, so I can get away, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, but there was a reason because I believe it was trying to get people to see that um, true, the trueness of who he is and who they had been serving as the prince of this world at this time. Yep. And so, and, and even at that time, I mean, I mean, when they were came to come to take Jesus, Peter should have remembered that, but he didn't. You know, he tried to chop the man's ear off. Mm-hmm. If he ultimately knew what was, knew what Jesus was talking about, I guess they didn't understand how it was going to happen all, I mean, at one time, you know, but yeah. I think it was just like, you're going to take Jesus this soon. You know, I can't, I can't deal with this. I'm going to chop the man's ear off, you know, or which I know a lot of people said he was aiming for the head and he missed, but <laughs> I mean, I, I could see that, but I'm, I'm just thinking, man, we, there's so much more than what he, I think there was so much things that he broke on this earth when it, when it came to, breaking the dominion from the enemy, mm-hmm. taking the keys back from the enemy that Adam had lost, giving the power back to, because basically he's given us back dominion over the, the earth through his name. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, come on, why, you know, why are we still, we feel like we still battle the same battles that he's talking about back then. We're still battling the enemy. He's already defeated. Yeah. So, um, it's true. It's true. Now we're going to go to break here and come back here and finish this conversation. But I think this is significant to remind us chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and going into 17 are all one thing. This whole thing, this is why he's telling us he's not going to talk anymore is because this is his last sermon to him. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. These whole, and then verse seven, chapter 17 is not even a sermon to them. It's a prayer that they get to hear because at 18, they're, he's being arrested. Right, like yeah. this is their last moment. He's going to teach them a lot. He's going to teach them the the vine, the true vine. He's going to teach them how the world hated him. I'm going to just look at some of the overviews in the next couple of chapters. The work of the Spirit, um, your sorrow turning to joy, overcoming the world, and then he goes into his high priestly prayer. The reason he's saying I'm not going to talk to you much longer is he's dying. Yeah. Like this is his sermon, and then like a day from here he's dying. I just want to say how long? What's the difference between when it's captured and uh, the, a day the, and a half, two days? Because okay. This was the Last Supper. So this is a night. This is the night of his arrest. Okay. Within a day, he's dying from saying all this. Wow. If I'm if I'm interpreting my chronological order right. Because, again, if you go back to 13 is whenever he's washed the disciples' feet, feet yeah. and all this. That's the last commandment. I mean, that's the Last Supper. Yeah. He's doing all this. And then he he predicts P- Peter's betrayal. He, that's actually that night. That night he was telling. Because after they yeah. leave the Last Supper, they're going to the garden. And in the garden, because if you remember, Judas has already left to go tell the, the priest because yeah. he already sent him. One of you going to betray me. And then he looks at Jesus and says, go do what you must and yeah. do it quickly. Well, that quickly is because he's doing it right now. So Jesus is saying all of this stuff, and then he's going to leave the table after the high priestly prayer. He's going to go to the garden, Peter and James, um, Peter and John, Peter's going to keep falling asleep. And then within a couple hours from this sermon, maybe even shorter than that, he's being arrested. A few hours. Sure. And then that night, he's going to go to trial. By morning, he's going to be um, pretty much sent 
being prepared for the cross. So it's basically like, remember everything I've taught you because the enemy is coming and he's going to battle you. But remember this, that I'm going to defeat him. Yeah. And I'm going to empower you to overcome the enemy. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's, it's all right here. Like, this is why he says, per se, I'm not going to say much more to you after this sermon because he's going to the garden. And in the garden, Ooh, in the garden, I mean, he's going from preaching this sermon to just in a few hours sweating drops of blood. blood. And history will tell us most likely his he was under such stress and intense agony in the garden that his hair changed colors, and that's how he had hair white as wool. Mm. Is um, And that's his first time he ever tasted, basically drank the the cup the cup he's going to drink the cup the cup of wrath and became sin yes Mm. he who knew no sin became sin so that i may become the righteous of god in christ Mm. jesus that's second corinthians 5 21 there was a lot in the garden that happened i don't think people see that so much but i i also don't think we always piece all the these four chapters 13 14 15 16 and 17 so that'd be five chapters um all of that right hours before the garden is death sure and so um, it brings a lot of different context to him because this is his farewell to him. He's trying to prepare them. He, well, it's not even his farewell. It's trying to prepare him. He keeps saying, look, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to come back. Yeah. But then when he leaves here in a couple hours, they are, <laughs> they don't know how to perceive he's coming back. Exactly. They're broken to such an extent they go back to what they regularly do. Don't that sound like people today yeah. in a sense? And I mean. so... Um, it brings a whole nother level of understanding and contextualization for that. All right, we're going to read. Actually, we don't have a trivia question. I'll answer today. So we're just going to take a break. We're going to uh, take a breather. We'll come back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All righty, we are back. About 20 minutes left this morning. So if you got a Bible question or you have something you want us to answer, now is the time to text us that in. 270-230-6337 is the number that you would call uh, or text to get your Bible question in. Or if you have a question you want to call the station, you can do that to 270-257-2689 if you are not a texter. Um, but we'd love to answer your Bible question. We don't know everything. We don't claim to be the smartest in the room. We don't claim to be experts or scholars, but we do love Jesus and Usually, if you put enough minds together, we can figure something out to the glory of God. Amen. A um, couple of quick announcements I wanted to reiterate before we start to finish this broadcast out strong for the last 15 or so minutes. Tomorrow night, man up, starting at 6 o'clock. A little bit earlier, 30 minutes earlier than we usually start, but we're going to give room for everybody to bring some fishing poles. We, uh, If you got a couple cornhole things, you can bring those, please. Um, bring your lawn chairs. We're going to provide the food, of course, and all that, but fishing poles and we're limited on cornhole so, so are they need to play it's not gonna be like singing and stuff just more fellowship fellowship well we're gonna have a testimony, oh, Todd, testimony. Todd, tom mingus will give okay. his call it the lakeside um, testimony okay um and we'll probably have a speaker or something play a song or two on a cd um and just sing together as a group of men and so but we, it's a big fellowship night. We yeah. want you to bring your sons. We want you to bring your time, enjoy your time together. It's going to um, be hot. But there is going to be a testimony. Now, if the weather seems to be agreeable, I mean, if we have a 120 heat index or something like that, we'll, we'll figure something out. Or, um, you know, if it starts to look like a storm's going to brew up or something like that. Yeah. Uh, of course, when you do stuff else like that, it's always weather dependent. But we will still have it regardless of the 
weather. It just maybe moved inside or something like that. So God's good, and I know mm-hmm. it's going to be awesome. Um, and then mark your, cal- mark your calendars next week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, VBS here at Bethel Fellowship. We are so excited for that. I'm excited. Everybody's amped up. Um, uh, and then that Sunday, Brother Lance will be with us that Sunday morning, and then at Madrid that evening. So this is just a couple. I wanted a couple. I wanted to reiterate to them, um, to you guys out there, to make sure they're on your calendar. Um, just excited for what God's going to do. Next week's going to be an awesome week, and was, then the week after we start school. So that's what I'm. You know, I'm. I'm really excited. I I can't believe I'm excited for working for VBS. I just yeah. want to see these kids. I I um we for some reason I we was watching a show the other day and they had they were doing the food at the VBS and I'm like man we don't have that kind of food I'd like. <laughs> I mean, they were having like, like this whole meal. Like, I'm like, Kirsty, well, I don't know if we're uh, we're up to par to that, but um, it just showed some of the kids that was there, and one kid wanted these nuggets to eat, and they didn't have them. And come to find out, they kind of got mad at this kid because he was always throwing a fit over these nuggets. But come to find out that VBS was the only time that he actually got to eat real mm-hmm. food. And at the and they started seeing that, and I was like, man, how many kids um, go to these things that you know? I love how they even the public school system does the meals on wheels. Sometimes these are the only meals these kids eat, and they see the love of Jesus being passed out um, at VBS, um, and to show these kids what Jesus is all about and what Christianity is all about, and helping each other and seeing them grow and and the admiration of the Lord, you know, I love to see um, kids' lives change because of this. And it just brings a whole new awakening what kids go through. You don't know some of these kids. Maybe, you know, they might be some of our own, but there might be some that come that we don't really know so much. And we're happy to be able to share the love of Jesus with them and to be able to... Um, help them in every need and like i said you sometimes you don't know you know mm-hmm. what these kids are going through and i love that there's so many churches that's done vbs and yeah. i think this is my first time ever really doing a i mean i think i've done stuff like smaller um with churches but not just in fullness of yeah. what we're doing i'm just gonna carry my water gut around people and square them <laughs> I don't have to do anything really. I'm, I think me and Ethan's got some activities we have to do, or I got to help out there. But um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited for Saturday. I think that's going to be awesome. That water, hundred foot long the, water. Everybody slide. wants to know: Is can the adults do the water? Oh slide? yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. I'll test it out for everybody. Um, I mean, is it one of those racing ones? I wonder. Yeah. Like, can you race? Oh on yeah, it? it's a racing. Oh thing. man. So um, I will demolish you. Bro, well, I mean, first of all, you, first of all, I don't play down. fair. Yeah. So if I can get to the other side, I'm probably going to hit you pretty hard. Uh, I ain't scared. <laughs> I'll put you up on my back. It'll, again, it'll like feel like you did when you ran into me that night with your neck at basketball. Yeah, I still haven't recovered. Uh, <laughs> I, heard, I heard bones pop in my neck. I didn't even know I had. <laughs> I didn't even know your neck could turn like that and you could still walk afterwards. Uh, I remember I was playing with the boys one time. He says, oh, I know not to run into Jacob. That's like Terminator. I'm like, no, I ain't that strong. But come on <laughs> Oh, but um, I do love all the, I want to say that I love all the text and interaction we've got this morning. Thank you guys so much. It makes the broadcast so much more um, engaging and um, edifying whenever the the family interacts and inter, 
intertwines um, with everything going on. And um, there's a part of me can't wait for school to get started because there's so many more um, of you guys that listen and engage on the way to taking your kids to school. And I hear a lot from the people. So um, just excited for the morning broadcast, excited for all that God's doing. Um, we hear from a lot of you guys and hopefully and we prayerfully hope that this is a blessing to you guys. Um, our goal is not to entertain you for two hours. Our goal is to try to equip the body. Now, we laugh, we joke, we have a lot of fun with food. Um, we love food here. Somebody brought donuts. I'm thinking it's Mr. Tim. I'm really appreciative. Thank you. I'm they were really good. appreciative of the, the, the donuts. I love donuts. Um, they are um, man's best friend, really. No yeah. longer dogs are. It's donuts. Hey, and, go ahead. Can I read this? Sure. Uh, something I've seen Nate Johnson. I know Hannah's got me all... Uh, yep. I keep on wanting to buy his book, but I haven't yet. Um, he wrote on July the 11th, he said, The remnant is rising up in a city near you, but they aren't here for the show. They are the sign that the show is over. They won't necessarily always confront the old system. Rather, they will mo just move into a location, plant their feet, and unapologetically build and model what they have been burning with for decades. And the hungry and disillusioned this disillusioned by the old regime will come in droves they are already waiting searching and longing to find a gathering where the heart of the axe church is visible and the new wine is pouring out but a word of warning to the territorial enforcers that will try to send them running they won't be bullied because they have already been bullied by jezebel for decades they don't fall prey to your religious gaslighting because they already know they are authorized by the father and don't need your approval they are battle-tested, and your threats just fall off them like water off a duck's back. You won't be able to buy them out because they just won't be sold. You won't be able to snuff them out because they are on fire for Jesus. In the next 12 months, watch the wildfires emerge. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. And I think, um, you know what I love about that is I 100% believe that's happening. Yeah, I And agree. I also 100% believe God's raising up people in the system to take out the system too. Yeah. Like I think he's just doing it all. And I, I love that he's doing this new thing and it don't have to be either or. Yeah. I think I love it. It's both. And I think that I've seen, I'm actually seeing in my own eyes, people I know going into cities and planning. Yeah. And they're, they're doing exactly what he just says. I like how he says they won't necessarily always confront. Yeah. Because for so long, everybody's tried to prove somebody else wrong. Mm -hmm. We don't care. I mean, we love you. We're going to, if you ask us, we'll probably tell you what we believe and confront that. But we just love Jesus. And we want, it's almost kind of like he's doing a new thing to make people jealous who are stuck in the old system. Mm -hmm. Like he did to Israel. Yeah. He went to the to the Gentiles to make them jealous. Yep. And it's actually probably, it's going to even come in a greater extent too. And yeah. the fullness of the Gentile age comes to an end. True. Um, and then Israel will experience revival because they're provoked by jealousy of the Gentile church. Um, but it's, but I do want to say, I think for so long we've interpreted that and perceived it to be jealous of the blessings. I think it's no. jealous of the relationship. It's yeah. jealous of the intimacy. It's jealous of the peace, yep. the rest, the calm. Um, it, I don't care about your Cadillac. I don't care about your big houses. I don't care about your material game. Um, what I, what I look for in my own life is peace. It's mm -hmm. rest. It's joy. It's, joy unspeakable and full of glory it's the righteousness it's the true holiness it's the um joy in the midst of tribulation like these are the things that really mark believers anybody can get a cadillac that's true you know but not everybody can have joy 
I guess the biggest thing that I've learned over these last several years is the American dream is not God's dream. Yep. And work. I'm, I'm not trying to say don't work because we got to work to eat. We got to work to survive and pay our bills. But mm-hmm. at the same time, do not get stuck in the American dream system that you're trying to work so hard, go to college, build this awesome house and and amazing cars. And, and what is all this? Why are we wasting our lives doing all these things? Because these disciples could have done the exact same thing. But they gave up these things, left their family for a season to do and be trained by God, to do the will of the Father. And they left their businesses, even though I still believe that they were, I still think they were very wealthy. I mean, when Peter needed to pay his taxes, I mean, because when you're in... God sent him to the fish. He sent him to the fish. When you're in Christ, you have no need of nothing. And we, once that, I think that once that grabs a hold of our hearts and our minds, that we need to, the the American dream is no, it's not God's dream. God's dream for you is even more than you can even imagine. And it's far more than just riches on this earth. It's, I mean, it's, it's just going to blow your mind what you're going to see God do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that there is people that are coming into that. And they're breaking that mold of, of the American. I don't want that no more. I don't want what the world wanted me to have. I want what Jesus had. Because I feel like for so long we've mixed what God has and what the American dream is. And we kind of mix it all together. Like like you said, a white picket fence in this nice house and nice cars. And we're going to church on Sunday. And, and, and you know we pay our tithes. We go home and go back to work, do the same thing over again. But we're not doing anything to, to see our community changed. And I think for so long, I believe this is why we're in the predicament we are in right now in the church because that's what we've seen life as for so long. And, and I think that that was the Americanized gospel that made us feel that way. But now we're coming back to the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. We're coming back to, Hey, let's be doctrinally sound instead of being what our people have told us over the years. And I think we've been taught some good things, but I think we also been taught some bad things. Yeah. And, so I think that we're coming in that truth and, hey, we're going to change the world because our world that we're living in is we, we, we need to change the way that we think because we need to change for him what he has us to do, what he wants us to do. And if that's if if God's brought you riches on this earth and he's that's your thing to give to the kingdom, then you do that. That's what God wants you to do. But if you feel like this is not where you're at and, and you know there's more, quit trying to chase after the American dream. Do what God wants you to do. If God wants you to do that, do it. But if he doesn't and he has another avenue for you, you go down that avenue. He'll take care of every need you need. Everything you need, you know, we will not want. We shall not want. And I think that's the contentment that we're talking about is is that we're just satisfied Whatever God has us, and it it doesn't it doesn't take the riches of this world to make us happy because we've seen what happens when people like that. I've heard there's even a thing called the curse of the lottery. Uh, uh, people who's won all this massive amount of money and their world's turned upside down, they end up killing themselves, or somebody kills them for their money. I mean, it's just it's sad because you know that it, it ruins some of these people that 
they thought that it was to give them everything they needed and wanted, but it wasn't. It didn't satisfy them. Yeah. It was temporal. Yep. And um, <clears throat> I think, too, that we shall not want because we have the one who has a cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. But I think, too, the, when we get close to him and we're with him, the desires for want start to dissipate. True. Um, you know, there's things that I'll just say like this. There, there's things I could have bought 10 years ago that I won't buy today. Yeah. It's not sinful. It's just my wants have changed. True. Because the closer you get to him, your want, your wants shift. Mm-hmm. And you start to learn, well, I'm content in him. I don't need this. I don't need that. I heard, heard a person the other day who um, is well off. I mean, I don't think they're filthy rich or anything like that. Um, but they alluded to, you know, I just have too much stuff. And and a lot of times people, when they start to accumulate all, all this stuff, they realized, well, I don't really need this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's true. Uh, and I found so many times with people, like, um, the things we think we need, we, we buy yeah. them, and then we try to pay for them. And and really, this is what we got to be cautious of. And I, I've preached this before, is really when we become the the – the borrower is enslaved to the lender. Yep. And what we do is we borrow the money to buy toys we never actually get to use because we're too busy trying to pay for them. Mm. And we become indebted and enslaved to the toy that we bought because we think we had to have it. And we're so busy trying to pay for that toy that we actually never get to use that toy. I and, agree. Um, and so that's what it is. We become enslaved. And now all the decisions that we make are not based upon God's will. They're based upon our checkbook, not because we love our checkbook necessarily more than God. It's because we've enslaved ourselves to the debtor. True. And that's where debt gets a hold of us. And I'm, I'm saying this because we all do it. I mean, I'm not, yeah. not saying any of us are exempt this or I'm perfect with this and I'm debt free. I'm not. What I'm saying is this is the cycle of Babylon that wants mm. to keep us intoxicated, inoculated, and entrapped and enslaved to. Because as long as we're trying to pay for the toys that we have and we're enslaved to it and we're enslaved to the, what Jacob just said, the American dream, um, then we will constantly be making decisions based upon the finances of our life instead of God's will for Mm. our life. And so when God calls you to this, you can't do it because you made bad, poor, poor financial decisions. And this is where it's so important to make good decisions. Amen. Mm hmm. Well, um, we're about done for this morning. Uh, you got anything, final thoughts, Jacob? No, I just, you know, you just be blessed and hold on to the things that God has for you. And I want people to, anyone out there who is just kind of trying to figure it all out, God, just seek him. And he shall tell you everything that he wants you to do, everything he needs you to do. And I believe he's he's just right there. He's 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 not a phone. It's like they say, a phone call away. He's right there. You can just talk to him. He has all the plans for you. He knows the plans he has for you. And you just seek after God and go after him with all your heart and seek him and he shall be found. And I believe that that I hear that so profoundly is seek me right now as I shall be found mm-hmm. and because there's coming a time that people won't seek him you know we'll be able to find him mm-hmm. well if you have any more questions for us we'd love to answer them you can get them in throughout the day remember 9.30 we will not be having live prayer Hannah and them's gone to, um, today but we will still be <clears throat> praying so if you have anything you want us to pray for pray with 
then um, please don't hesitate to text me or call the station. Till tomorrow, we love you guys. Be blessed. Go find somewhere to worship the Lord tonight. Get in the Bible studies. Whatever that looks like, um, our services start here at 6.30. You starts at 5 if you don't have anywhere else or a home church to go to. We'd love to see you here tonight. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time here on Mornings at Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.